Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. Welcome to Star Talk Radio. Bill Nye, the science guy here, guest hosting for my beloved colleague, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'm here with Eugene Merman and Mike Massimino, whom we call Mass, because yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a complicated name. It's hard to pronounce Massimino. Yes, yeah. I'm glad. I'm, I'm lucky I got I, it right. You yeah. can't tell, but I literally just tried and failed, and I just give up. That aside, gentlemen, I, yeah. I, I want to point out, this is Cosmic Queries edition, yeah. Star Talk Radio, so we take your questions out there in the... In cosmos. the land of so, yes, cosmic area. the cosmos, which includes uh, the Earth yeah. and social media. So, so Earth and up and down. Wait a minute. In so try one. The hell is Here that we mean? go. Here we go. Sebastian Mihalache from Romania. I bet asks, he's got a nickname too. I probably am saying it wrong, but you know what? With confidence. Anyway, from Romania, he asks, "Which was the most important breakthrough in the history of electronics?" I think the ability to generate electricity in the first place was a big breakthrough. Instead of just getting it, if I may, just getting it from chemical processes. Is he looking for a transistor? Is I don't know. We don't know. Or is he looking for a starter in an automobile? Or he's looking for fuel cells. Fuel cells. Or basically some, electricity. And I think then electricity is the big breakthrough. But then there's been some, some very, yeah. very interesting accomplishments. I just wish you were like tape recorders. Like the light bulb. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, the Micro story. Radio, of course, because yeah. we're on radio. Well, the story for me is Michael Faraday. So Michael Faraday is sticking the magnet in a coil of wire, and he induces a magnetic field to uh, move a compass at the other end of the table during a lecture, the Christmas lectures in London. Mm -hmm. Woman good. comes up to him and says, but Mr. Faraday, of what use is it? And he says, Madam, of what use is a newborn babe? In other words, he knew this electricity had some fantastic right. properties, but he didn't know what it was. He didn't uh -huh. mean that you could eat it. Yeah, a newborn <laughs> yeah. babe's not that useful. You know, it's a long time ago. Yeah. It, was a different, it was a different time. Yeah. But, well, I right. he meant but that, in the though. course of human history, it wasn't that long ago. No, yeah. just a little bit ago. Yeah, it's all Just it's a before blank. Hogan's Heroes, I believe. <laughs> Older reference lost on many Hogan's of the Heroes, I'm pretty sure, listeners. was after World War II. It probably was. So that was be. And this was before it, World War II. It didn't foreshadow World War II. <laughs> All right, let's take another question uh, on Cosmic Query, Star Talk Radio. Okay, Jess Nudalo like asks, thing. Yeah. 
Jess Nadalo asks, what's new on the subject of high temperature or even room temperature superconductors? Are we getting any closer to grasping how it works? And will this knowledge in conjunction with 3D printing create a new industrial age? Sounds like he's making a prediction of his own, doesn't yeah. it? He's like, am I right? What do you think? He's a sage. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, well, maybe she's pr- a sage. 3D printing is fabulous, and uh, what's this? What's the state of uh, superconductors and? Well, I don't know that the, we have superconductors that work at sort of liquid helium temperatures. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants That's to kind get of them cold, to, though. Yeah, right? yeah, four to four Kelvin. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, cold. four Kelvin sounds cold. It is it's, cold. It's even colder than like Canada. Yeah, so it's, it's like really super cold. Canada. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but wouldn't it be good if they work with liquid nitrogen? Wouldn't they be good if they worked with? With frozen water. Yeah. So, but it's a long way off as far as I know. But that doesn't mean it can't be done. What yeah. I would do were I king of the forest is invest again in these nanotubes, in the um, getting carbon atoms to arrange themselves in these extraordinary tubes where they have very, very low electrical resistance. All right. But Let's the, do it. The 3D printing thing is yeah. here. Suppose we 3D amazing. printed carbon tubes. <laughs> oh, could we ever do that? Is that a thing in the future? It seems very reasonable to me, but Great. I'm not a carbon tube printer. But it's uh, quite, it's have you guys amazing. ever 3D printed? I've never done oh, that. It's cool. yeah. They haven't been, and you know, they're affordable now, sort yeah. of. Uh, you can for get them at Staples. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wait, how, that so, I didn't know. how much are, like, meaning a few thousand dollars? Yeah, or? less than $2,000. Oh, wow. And then you can make your own salt shakers. I can't wait to go home and make I salt think shakers you're, I could, and plastic swords. Too bad we can't, people can't see this because it's radio, but yeah. Eugene's eyes have just lit yeah, up. Yeah, I was like, He's ready a- to get out of here and go buy a 3D printer. Yeah. But, you know, they, they use them. We have them in the labs in the shops at uh, Columbia, right. for example, and, and the students learn how to use them, and they oh, wow. do incredible things with them. The next generation of kids will be like, why aren't you 3D printing exactly. that? Exactly. Why are you going to a store to buy something like right, this. Right, yes. So it's additive machining. If you've not thought about it, generally when you shape something, you remove material, generally. Mm-hmm. But this is a process by which you add material. Oh, it's meaning quite you don't a cut out. That's I right. See. It's quite a different idea, and you can make shapes that are literally were literally impossible to make wow. heretofore. It's quite a time to be alive. It's exciting. It's great. All right. And a sapien asks... What is the most revolutionary engineering challenge that humanity must overcome in the next 20 to 30 years? Well, I'd say it's climate change. So climate how are you going to do that? I, I would say it's going to be engineering the whole Earth. I mean, thinking of the whole Earth as a system and getting people to work together to, con- to manage that system, which would be engineering. Engineers use science to do what? Solve problems. And... Make uh, things make where you can party That's with. That's Break things. <laughs> Create uh, parties. Make things and solve problems. That's yeah. it. So basically, climate change. That's what I would say. Where I is the greatest. We're getting, we have a lot of people uh, in the world and a lot more coming. And things like water and healthcare and yeah. transportation, all those things that are going to uh, face us, uh, engineers yeah. need to solve. Yes. All right. That's a very reasonable and correct answer. Oh, it's correct. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Deplorable perception. That is probably not someone's real name. I am guessing that is some form of pseudonym. <laughs> Unless their parents were diabol- diabolical. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so here's his question. I like that I'm like, it's a guy. Uh, <laughs> how will we solve the looming question of energy storage? That's a great question. Yeah. I am all for the liquid metal batteries. These are batteries that have... Uh, magnesium mm-hmm. floating on a layer of molten salt, essentially table salt, 
And at the bottom is a layer of antimony or antimony, mm-hmm. which is the one that's atomic number 51, I believe, next to tin mm-hmm. on the periodic table. And so you pump all So far, all this, this is all correct. Where, where's our fact checker? So yeah. you pump in energy and it gets hot and it's molten and, and how, it works. How long And does, it's a battery. And it, how long does the storage... Well, as my understanding, as long as it's hot, it's stored in electricity. So you'd put these things in the basement of every building, in the basement of every New York skyscraper, of every school and library... You make you produce electricity with sunlight and so and wind during the day. You store it underground. You're ready for it all night, and we revolutionize society. And whoever goes into this business mm-hmm. gets, dare I say it, rich. <laughs> it's an opportunity for somebody. If you could, if we could find ways to efficiently store electricity, better batteries. Yeah. We would change the world and make a much higher quality of life for everybody. So we have to move on, gentlemen. I include you, Eugene. Thank you. And uh, we'll be back after this. Check us out at uh, www.startalkradio.net. We'll be right back. Back to Star Talk Radio, Bill Nye, the science guy here, guest hosting, yet again, the time of my life, with Eugene Merman, and astronaut Mike Massimino, Colin Mass, we're here, he's an engineer, Mike Mass yeah. is an engineer, Eugene, you are a... Uh, comedian. Comedian. I'm, I'm an engineer, <laughs> but, no, well, I got a, when I was uh, in eighth grade, I got a negative eight on a math assignment, just to give you a sense of my knowledge of math and science. So you do understand the number line, and you appreciate I do understand, negative and numbers. I, and I appreciate that that is an absurd thing to get. Uh, <laughs> Very so, yeah. unusual. What Very did your unusual. parents say when that happened? I think they were disappointed in a teacher that would stick to logic. They defended to, you. Yeah, well, I think they did wrote they him a letter saying he breeds a disgust in math. Did they go and say he <laughs> deserves at least a minus four? It was like, you should give him a zero. <laughs> he oh, earned by it. the stars, right. gentlemen. Here uh, we go. This is the uh, Cosmic Queries edition yeah. of Star Talk Radio. And so where we take your questions. And eat them. <laughs> from your Facebooks, your Twitters, all the, the, electric, yeah. uh, the electric computer questions that the kids send in. Uh, what do you got there? Here we go. Eugene. Julian Razzo asks, what is magnetism? How do magnets work? I know there's those things that stick to your fridge, but the force is all around us and protects us from solar bursts. I like that that's, at the end, it's a question. It's a question? Yeah. That's, uh, th- that's true. He's, he's in the band Insane Clown Posse. Never mind. Uh, it was really... Reference. I gotta really? say... No. But they have, have say, a song about magnetism. It was really their oh. early stuff. Now they're just completely overproduced. But that said, yeah, magnetism is... Uh, generally thought of as a current, a flow of electrons, which have an electric field, which induces a magnetic field, through a term coined by my personal hero, Michael Faraday, all one word, electromagnetism. Mm -hmm. Now, Mass, you're an engineer. Yeah. You took a lot of physics. I did. But I'm just amazed to hear it. This is Bill Nye, the science guy, explaining yeah. magne- uh, magnetism. Well, as Very best good. I can. So yes, we go with the physics. When we have a permanent Fire away. magnet, well, when we have a permanent this magnet, cool. we think of a virtual current. That is to say, it's as though there's a current flowing in the um, magnetic material. Yes. Iron, cobalt, nickel, yeah. uh, or some of these fabulous rare earths. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the earth, which, you was, which uh, the questioner referred to, 
to which the questioner referred, in the Earth, we have uh, somehow a spinning giant mass of, by our standards, very large mass of molten iron, which carries a lot of electrons, which are in motion, which induce a current, which creates a magnetic field. Which is very important for our survival. It keeps our atmosphere in place. It would really? be a whole and other. Could, yeah, our atmosphere is kept here by magnets. Partially so, yes. If we did not have uh, our magnetic field, mm-hmm. we would. It, in fact, there's some theories, if you look at Mars, which does not have a magnetic field, that why did Earth survive? Mm-hmm. And as far as we know, at least on the surface, there's nothing so obvious if, that's if living on Mars. If we could fill Mars's core with uh, a hot giant ball of iron that spun would it spin naturally if it was there well Just mars is spinning at about the same so uh, if we, feel, if if we could get in a magnetic it, field it yeah. might have had a different destiny could it create would an atmosphere be created if a magnetic field was added to it or it no? might be able to be captured possibly okay yeah. so, so it's generally believed that since mars was too was is smaller than the earth it radiated more heat into space cooled off solidified and any molten motion of metal inside uh, came to a standstill. And then the solar wind, little particles streaming off the sun, stripped the Martian atmosphere away. And while we all sit here, mm-hmm. just a couple weeks ago, I went to Cape Canaveral for the launch of the MAVEN mission. Cool. Mars Atmospheric Volatile Evolution Spacecraft. It's a tortured acronym, but they're going to assess the... It's a cool uh, acronym. It is a cool acronym. Maven's pretty good. It's pretty good. They're going to assess the atmosphere, uh, learn more about the atmosphere of Mars and uh, what happened there, why Mars is different from the Earth. And that will, I guarantee you, questioner, that will tell us more about us and our, dare I say it, place in space. So, th- so what I'm getting from this is theoretically we could create an atmosphere on another planet using a great deal of iron and a bunch of uh, various and scuba tanks. Scuba tanks, yes. Basically, scuba tanks, a handful of whales. Uh, <laughs> all right, but a magnetic field is very, very important. important. It's the the we first step is a magnetic field. Then we do the thing from search for Spock where we uh, bioengineer a planet. But okay. Never You've mind. got a crazy plan there. That is crazy. Eugene, but it... I have the same plan I don't plan know what Kirk you're even had. talking about, but it sounds good. <laughs> it's not that crazy of you. I'm looking it. at Bill Nye, the science guy, just to, for, yeah. you know, for confirmation and on I, this, but it well, sounds good. All right. You know, when you start getting into the Star Trek movies, <laughs> yeah. there's going to be some inconsistencies. Terraforming a planet is just not that easy, but... It's not... I'm not saying it's easy. No. I'm just saying here's a few ways we could do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't yeah, underestimate right. the magnetic field. That's, exactly. Yes, well said. Awesome. All right, so... Lorenzo Alfondo Castanon Gonzalez asks, I would like to know more about magnetars. Can humanity one day create such a strong magnet, and how much would such a magnet advance technology? Do you, I don't know what magnetars are. Do you know what a magnetar is, No, Bill? it sounds like... If uh, Bill doesn't know, forget it. Well, it just sounds like... A, a very powerful a, magnet? A musical instrument that somehow yeah. uses magnetism. Yeah. yeah. And if, I guess if one's big enough, you could... You could influence a lot it's, of people. It's well, a he's about a, theremin. He's talking about some huge, strong magnet. Yeah, obviously here. He definitely so, is. By the yeah. way, we in the skeptic community, yeah, uh, are troubled deeply by people who wear magnets, believing that it's going to influence their health. Really? There's no not evidence. even on the wrist. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's no. Take evidence. off your magnet, Eugene. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Oh my God, wouldn't I be embarrassed <laughs> if I was wearing a bunch of magnets? There's no evidence. <laughs> no evidence at all that we can see. Yeah. No evidence of all at all that magnetism affects your health. It's just, right. it's just so little. Just next time you get an MRI. Yeah. Magnetic resonance image. 
Just notice how much magnetism it takes just just to get a few positrons to move around, just a little bit. Yeah. It takes an enormous... Let alone wearing, wearing little, it as a magnet hat. Yeah, it's just not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so that's good to know. Okay. So Jason Hyatt has a question. The Earth has a magnetic field that protects it from space radiation. Is there any reason why a magnetic field could not be used on a spacecraft, either for the whole ship or as an emergency shelter? An MRI scanner produces a very strong magnetic field. Why not a magnetic field generator, a la an MRI, to protect astronauts? That is what a coincidentally happy question right yeah. there. If you had a strong enough magnet, yeah, you could pull it off. But our problem so far is generating enormous magnetic fields takes a lot of energy. It's a lot of power you need. Really? What? How much? A lot. Like as much as a like a like a coffee maker that's like supercharged. It can be <laughs> a little a, more than that. Yeah. So like a boat, like a giant boat, a cruise ship, like a diesel engine on a pretty large, like a tugboat diesel engine. Okay, but so that's more than you would have on your average spaceship on your average because spaceship. of how heavy and giant and weird. Yeah, that is. you don't want any big stuff like that. You don't you want know, to fly with a truck into space. But just yeah. imagine kind of defeats the purpose. Just imagine if we had solar panels big enough. And mm -hmm. some superconducting situation in the icy blackness of space. And you could create a magnetic field strong enough. That's actually a science fictional kind of cool engineering question. But I think when, at least right now, early in the 21st century, we humans can't crank that out. We can't make such a thing. But who knows what the future but that, holds. But if we started doing more space exploration, we would potentially come up with that technology down the line. It seems like something, if you had that, uh, that much power, it yeah, seems to make sense. Power. Everything but there's other we do other things for for space radiation like uh, suits <laughs> like like space suits uh, water's a pretty good insulator actually oh really yeah and uh, shielding you know all the all, and and we try to understand how much you you take you know we always wear a dosimeter when you go into space oh really to measure how much how radiation much you're taking are you exposed to like when you went it's, it's a pretty good dose. Uh, uh, it it also depends. It also depends on where you are. Spacewalks you get more than when you're inside the spaceship right. at a higher altitude. By where we were at Hubble, as opposed to where the space station. Oh wow! Go Just a few hundred, a few yes. tens of kilometers make a big difference. That's right. In a length of time, you're going to be there. And if there's solar flares when you're up there, so it's a bunch oh, of wow. factors. But it's nothing. It, it if you fly in space for over a year or so, like some people have a combined over a year stay, mm -hmm. uh, they have to track it and make sure you're okay. That's when you start getting you know, a little bit curious. But we have. Astronauts who have flown, Scott Kelly's going to be up for a whole year is the plan. He's already been up over six months oh, wow. in his life. And so he has to insulate himself in water. Yes. Yeah. He's going to be, he's going to stay out of the sun as yeah, much as he can. <laughs> but uh, when you say water, you jacket the spacecraft. Well, for example, water can, yeah. So if you have a water bag, like on the space station, you want to get some extra extra uh, shielding. Mm -hmm. If you were to, to, to line the outside of your spaceship with uh, with water, for example. Do you line good. the outside or is there a I layer mean, of inside, water in, in the inside? No, there is okay. no layer of water. I'm saying if you were trying to, if you were worried about a solar flare, for example, yeah. in your spaceship, and you had water bags that oh, would help you that you would shield. just add. So you just yeah. Like, so no, well, you're taking using water, your water anyway. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So use your use it as a shielding. That's Can you drink irradiated it. water? It's not that irradiated. It's fine. You're it's not going. Yeah. Okay. No, it's fine. It's great. Yeah, it's no it's like problem. A tonic. <laughs> it's great. No, nah, it's nothing better than irradiated water from space. Yeah. In fact, there's it's probably really, a market for it. There's probably yeah. somebody who really it's a, wants this It's a pretty stuff. cool bar in Brooklyn that sells it. Whole Foods is going to Actually, ask sure a pretty do. good question, Eugene. Uh, that's not bad. I'm go but ask with that when said, I get back home. Wait a minute. Hold that thought, you guys. We will be back shortly at Star Talk Radio.
This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the US on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx ground is faster to more locations than UPS ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Welcome back to Star Talk Radio. Bill Nye, the science guy here, hosting this week for Neil deGrasse Tyson, who's on radiostical sabbatical, I suppose. Now, unlike many of you, uh, I'm here with Mike Massimino, who flew in space, and we call him Mass. Yep, that's that's what they call. We haven't an engineer. yet, but we do. I'm an engineer, but you're also astronaut, an astronaut, and I'm, I'm here in New York City on loan at Columbia. I like that you're on loan. School. I'm on loan. really like the idea of borrowing there's, astronauts. There's no late fees, as far as I can tell. <laughs> uh, and uh, the other voice you hear, of course, is Eugene Merman, our uh, providing color commentary. Yes. Here on the most visual medium of Star Talk Radio. Now, this is, as you may know, if you're just joining us, this is another Cosmic Queries edition of Star Talk Radio, where we embrace your questions. Yeah. You, the listeners, viewers, wait, you, the listeners, I podcaster absorbers uh, who use your social media to provide us with your cosmic queries. Uh, Eugene. Here we go. Wow. Wayne Shaw wants to know, if one were to warp space to travel a vast distance, would people existing in the space that is being warped between takeoff and destination and destination notice anything unusual? Well, they don't in the movies. The people in between. The in-betweeners. Who's uh, like someone's hanging out, say so some people on some planet. So, so we're assuming there's someone else out there that's going to get... I'm charmed by the idea that, well, of course, since you know, you're know you going through a, st- a space warp, then, of course, you, know, you can see whether... <laughs> you understand that these things uh, are big fun when you're trying to create a science fiction television show where you really don't have time to have people not speaking English, and you got to get up and down from a planet and travel around various quadrants in the galaxy or galaxies. Mm-hmm. But these things are more theoretical. Theoretical than they are, and so uh, 
We will see how people do as they go between extraordinary destinations uh, through unproven theoretical spaces in yeah. space. Would they notice? I think this person suspects they might have seen something. Yeah. Would we notice anything unusual? Right, right. This person you know, like, is what? like, I saw something weird I at my house. I saw something unusual. <laughs> All right. My so- hamburger special looked a little bit different today than it did the other day. Is it... Did someone warp speed through the diner? Well, Something it's like the that. government. Something the funny's going on here, I think. Yeah. So Josh yeah. Corona asks, in the That's game... That's a very good science name. No, Corona. but... Uh, no, Corona's a good science it's name. It's a, good... a solid name. Yeah, okay. Uh, in the game Portal, they have a gun that can create what is essentially a wormhole in a wall. With the ability to shoot two holes, one an entrance and the other an exit, i.e. the floor ceiling, all right. Is this possible in the laws of physics? Oh, sure. You'll be fine. Just go get the gun and shoot it this way, and then very quickly shoot it the other way before the other hole closes. So, there. <clears throat> Two <laughs> holes. To, good to know. Oh, he has another question. How bold. <laughs> wow. I need to start playing more video games, <laughs> apparently. I don't know what this kid is talking about. Here, but just, I got uh, jo- Okay, so he also asks, yep. if you had to guess which would could be first achieved first, light speed travel or teleportation? So teleportation is like they did on Star Trek. You get yeah. all like wobbly, and next thing you know, you're somewhere else. But haven't pe- scientists already teleported light? Isn't that a thing that somebody did in, well, a, in a lab? Just everybody. <laughs> no. First of all, as far as we know. I'm missing out on something. First, it's the exists. portal game where right. guys shooting holes or worms or whatever it is. Where have I been? Yeah. Uh, a, you've been in geez, space I on, know, the, I on the government payroll. I think I've missed out on a lot of things, Bill. I yeah, well, yeah. Light, some guy teleported? No, no okay, person. Be guys no person did. Bill, let's right, let's start with the first one. You right now, we don't know of any way to se- to send something that has mass beyond uh, up to the speed of light. Right. Right now, there may be a whole other physics yet to be discovered. Right. Perhaps this questioner will be the person that makes the discovery. Yeah, he's got to stop playing the game Portal. Yeah, get, yeah, and go back to physics class. And then the, the second thing, teleportation, where you turn mass. Into pure energy. Not me. No, I was going to say. You talked about my name. You could be an example. You can turn Massimino. You can turn Massimino into pure energy, beam him down to what we generally refer to as the planet, Mm -hmm. and then he's reconstituted. That would be converting mass into energy back into mass. Could be done, but consider E equals MC squared. It's a tremendous amount of energy to convert even a small amount of mass into something. Well, so even. It may happen. So so maybe just a piece of corn? So let's start with something <laughs> yeah, instead of yeah. a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or should we start with just one element? Uh, well, I think if you could tin. get anything, uh, a carbon atom would be pretty extraordinary, even hydrogen. But in that sense, you're saying teleportation is potentially theoretically possible before... Just shooting from the hip, yeah. yeah. But just going faster than knowledge. light right now I'd is... take either one. How far are you going to teleport to? See, light speed travel, Eugene, yeah. can get you places quickly. Yes. Yeah. I'm not sure about the teleport. How far are we going? Are we going it's like an elevator? Or are we going to Mars with this? Yeah. I think we might I got just... A feeling, I got a feeling we need the light speed first. It might just be Boston. Because if you teleport somewhere, we're going to... Yeah, we have Boston, we can get there anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to teleport you to Mars. You're going to get this... There's no place to go. Right, because no one there's else no is restaurants there. there. Exactly. I think we need light speed travel first. All Check right. the place out. Well, he's not asking what we need first. He's asking what's more realistic. And the answer, I know, but I, think I don't is, know. I'm not a swami. Sounds like teleportation. But you think barely. so? Barely. That's what Bill like, says. Yeah. I take either one. I'd rather light speed travel. Let's go fast. Let's enjoy it. All right. Let's punch it. 
Let's yeah. enjoy the let's enjoy the ride. This is uh, Star Talk Cosmic Queries. Yep. Uh, we encourage you all to check us out on uh, www.startalkradio.net. If you've got SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Pinterest, Instagram, Tumblr, I say party on. Start with Facebook and just go wild. And of course, when you're listening to Star Talk Radio, stay tuned. Welcome back to Star Talk Radio. Bill Nye, the science guy here, hosting this week your cosmic queries, your questions from the cosmos. And I am here with uh, an astronaut, an engineer, and so far a gentleman, Mike Massimino. It's still early, Bill. Mass, and of course, everybody's favorite, Eugene Merman. Eugene, there you have questions on pieces of paper, queries yes. from the cosmos. Uh, uh, I say pick queries. one. Let's do it. David Terrazas asks, what does a rocket push against in space to gain momentum or navigate? Oh, mass. That's your thing. That's what we do yeah. in space. And it's a great question because if you, know, you don't have any gravity, mm -hmm. so when you navigate your spaceship, you need to point it in different directions. There's a couple ways to do it. Um, Hubble Space Telescope, for example, has no fuel on board, so there's what? no rocket. Can How you believe crazy. that? That's turn? It turns Someone pushes with, it? With, Little kids? No, there's no one there to push it. There's nobody you, said, there. you said no fuel. You didn't say no little kids. You didn't what say is, no a lot of It's things. reaction yeah. wheels. No lions. It's, what we, it's reaction wheels. What's so reaction things, wheels? Reaction wheels spin. We have, and they have big uh, control moment gyros, which is kind of the same thing on the, on the space station. Mm -hmm. These things spin. Bzz, you know, they spin up, and it creates a reaction. And that reaction creates uh, an opposite reaction. Right. You spin them in, the, in, a, in, a certain or, in a certain direction, and you'll get a reaction in the other direction, and the thing will point where you want Are it. They Sort of gyroscopes, is exactly. That what you're that's right. Yeah, spinning. That's one way. The other way we did on the space shuttle and on mm -hmm. other spaceships do this. In fact, the space station has us on the Russian end, or mm -hmm. what we call thrusters. And what is it? It's, it's gas. Yeah. Could be nitrogen. Could be oh. something else. Yeah. But just a gas. There we go. It, it could sounds, be just. On it the Russian sounds end, it like could that. Just be... you can't hear them in space. <laughs> you can't hear it in space. It's just sad. You do hear it. You hear it inside of the spaceship shaking. It is. Yes. So, so anyway, you <laughs> these these, these thrusters will release. There again, it'll cause a uh, It'll cause an action, mm -hmm. which is a release of a gas. Uh, and a little a little rocket, and then you'll have a reaction the other way. So on the space shuttle, we had large and small thrusters, mm -hmm. different different varieties all over the spaceship, mainly in the front at the nose and in the back that you would fire to get the correct orientation. Just like you have the steering wheels on a car in the yes, front. Yes, exactly. You can steer all you want. You're not going to go anywhere. Your control surfaces do not work because there's no air. When you're coming down on the shuttle, even because it looked like an airplane. Yeah. It will not be active until you pick up atmosphere. So the way you turned and pointed and, and steered that space shuttle yeah. was with these little uh, little thrusters that would fire jets. That's the one accurate little thing jets. from gravity. But let, let, me yes, back up exactly on this, right. let me back up on this question. You back asked, up. Is there anything to push against? And the, the whole idea, mm -hmm. when you watch the rocket leave the ground... It gives it gives you the impression that the flames and gases are pushing against the earth, but that's not really what's going on. You're throwing gas, hot gas, out the back of the rocket so fast that uh, the reaction is the rocket goes off in the other direction. Stand on a skateboard and throw a bowling ball to your best friend or maybe your enemy, and you will find that the skateboard goes off in the other direction. <laughs> right. This works 
whether or not you're on the Earth or in space. So, so basically, the rocket fuel is just the biggest bowling ball we can create. That's, and it goes fast. More or less. Yeah. All right, and, here's and another And we don't question. throw it at our enemies. <laughs> okay, Melissa K. asks, if you had a, ch- a large enough space sphere of water floating in the space station, could a fish swim in it? Oh, how cool. Yes, I, I would. Yeah, in fact, we've done this with with Swedish fish, the candies. <laughs> but my Swedish fish Garrett don't Reisman, have to live. No, but theoretically, I think that would work. Uh, water is. Uh, I mean, you could have a tank of water mm-hmm. and have a have a fish floating in there. I, I would I don't see why we wouldn't be able to do that. And water itself is it works just on on surface tension, so it doesn't splatter. Mm-hmm. So if you were very creative, you could get a glob of water and try to get and a have fish a fish in it. You wouldn't even need a tank. No, but you have to be really careful because as soon as it hits something, it'll it'll yeah. splatter. And you don't and want the mess. fish nosing, nuzzling his or her way out of the sphere of water. Right. But I'm pretty sure there have been experiments with uh, with yeah. fish in space, and so yes, this is definitely possible. Because they'd have be a, something it would to be breathe. a nice Christmas gift, <laughs> you know. You have, imagine having your own little a pet fish G. floating around. We yeah. have to get pets flown, and this would be a good way. So right now we've had fish as as experiments. This would be like a nice. little What gift. animals have been in space? I mean, with, with with astronauts, not just like monkeys that can't make it back or something, right? Or the dog Laika. Yeah, uh, it's been there's been spiders in space. There have been uh, some rodents in uh-huh. space that were used for for experiments. Oh, okay, um, well, yeah, no pets though. Again, it's all experiments. We well, need. Let me pets. ask you this physics question, mm-hmm. Mike Mass. Yes, uh, the fish are going to breathe air dissolved in the water. When mm-hmm. you have a glob of water in space, does the air uh, bubble its way out, effervesce, or does it stay um, in it, there? It, 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 will, it depends. It can stay in there. If, you, if nothing's acting on it, it will, it will stay in there. Mm-hmm. In fact, this is a problem with our drink bags, Bill, when we, when we, when we spacewalk, because you don't want air in your drink bag. It no, no air in your drink bag. So what we do is you, when you fill your drink bag, when you fill a bag of water, your drink bag for your spacewalk, it's see-through. You can see that there might be air pockets. We rotate the bag. We spin it. I'm spinning spin right now to get like, the air. Uh, to the bucket over your head. That's right. Yeah. You spin it to try to get the air to one, to one location, and you suck it out. So you can get air pockets, and you want to get rid of With those air pockets, we'll be right back on Star Trek Radio. Welcome back to Star Talk Radio. Bill Nye, the science guy here, guest hosting as we take your cosmic queries uh, on Star Talk this week. And we have come to the last segment of this show, which means the lightning round, my friends, where we take your questions from you, the cosmos, and put them on the air for your, let's say, electromagnetic enlightenment. I'm here with Mike Massimino. Call him Mass. And, uh, and, and Eugene Meyer Man. Merman. Yeah. You're lucky you got a name like Nye. Yeah, that's all yeah. I can do. You know, do. if you had a it's name really like, you know, Nyewitz hey, or Anytime you try Nikowski. to text it, though. Well, you guys, I appreciate I mean, your... You've been spoiled. Bill Nye. That's I, very. That's a very simple I, it's, name. It's like simple enough. But no, with Eugene that said, and I over here yeah. suffering. gentlemen, it's the lightning round. Let's we can't. We can't. We what? just got to press. Okay. Eugene, read You're one. Ready? So these are supposed to be fast answers. Fast. Like yes. lightning. Marco Horvat. From Bakersfield, he asks, people that see UFOs claim to see strange lights. Why on earth would a spaceship of an advanced civilization need lights on the outside of their ship? To see where they're going, like headlights. I, I don't know. I, 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 yes. think, I think we need more evidence that these are actually UFOs. Oh, that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. 
Yes, the I, answer I think is... I think they're seeing airplanes. Yeah, yeah, they're that's seeing other stuff. That's what I think they're seeing. So that's yeah. the answer. Mike Johnson from Barstow, California asks, how close would an alien civilization have to be to discover Earth using the same technology we have here? Oh, that is a fabulous question. Now, just to talk more about me... When I took astronomy from Carl Sagan, this is the you first did? question. Really? Yeah. Did you put it back? No, I was just in the room. I was just one guy. So we had it must this, have been a fun class. It was cool. So we had this image of this organism eating little organisms, ingesting them and spitting them this out. This is astronomy? Yeah. And it turned out to be an image of a swimming pool taken from a satellite. So you have to get extraordinarily close to really determine whether or not something's alive or, or you'll get fooled. Right. But I think they need to be pretty close to us. Like All right. A couple at, meters. Yeah, we have, we just left the solar system now, right, with yeah. the Voyager. So yeah. they couldn't be much further than that, I guess. <laughs> so hopefully they're just on the other end, but yeah. All right, here's a question from Matthew Brown. Is there a theoretical limit to the size of a sun? I keep seeing graphics comparing our sun to larger and larger solar giants. Just how big can they get? Well, but you get to be a few hundred solar uh, sun diameters, you become a black hole. Really? Yeah, you become a star that has so much gravity, light doesn't escape. A so black would, hole is, in a sense, a So star. would you describe it as over a million whales? <laughs> uh, yeah. Big so, whales. That wouldn't be inaccurate, what's, but it wouldn't be the most whale? accurate way to describe it. <laughs> a big it. whale. You're talking about a big whale. Well, yeah. but over a million Not a little by baby a factor whale. of, I guess... 10 to the 19th or something, yeah. Like the whale that's hanging from uh, Neil's Museum. Exactly. For those of you who have been to New York City, to American Museum of Natural History. So a sun that was too big would just become a black hole. It would that's, collapse. Yeah. Well, that's what it, apparently it does. They okay. do. Oh, great. Now, well, that's all, now I know how to make a black hole. Thanks. <laughs> Look out, world. Jason Paisley asks, when the sun gradually expands, will its expanding mass push Earth farther out of orbit uh, before Earth becomes consumed? Uh, no, it won't push it out. It will absorb it. Yes. Yeah, ah. so the, the, uh. the Earth would stay about in its same orbit, and then the sun will expand to cook. It's not going to be a good day Everything. either way. So the sun is an Earth eater. Yeah, it's mm. not, we don't want to experiment with that either to find out. Okay, David Loza asks, what if uh, neuron receptors in the human body were to react at the speed of light? Uh, well, they react at the speed of electromagnetism between atoms. It's pretty quick, isn't it? It's but pretty quick, what if but, we change that? Uh, no, but in other words, uh, it, I, I get it. This would be instead of acting, I, I instead don't. of acting, <laughs> what if we, instead of having diabolical, the, instead of having the neurons go at chemical speeds, they would uh -huh. go at speed at light speed. Well, I guess it would be what's that? A factor of uh, uh, about a million, maybe um, oh. ten, 10 to the seventh. Might be ten million. Okay, it's we'll really see. fast. What would That's be the advantage? Could we run faster? Yeah, what can we get? I out guess of we could do everything faster. Really? Can we a, think a faster? A million times faster? It seems to me, yeah. But then it has to be hooked up, and there has to be you have to address capacitance issues, and oh. you know we are made of a liquid chemical brain. Yeah, it'd be I tough mean, to enjoy things. Speak for yourself, we'll get, Bill. We we'll give a new meaning to take a moment and relax. <laughs> I just did. Take a second and relax. <laughs> yeah. All right, here's a question. <laughs> Coffee breaks would be like instantaneous. <laughs> Okay, Jacob Seymour asks, is the shape of a black hole a sphere with high density in the middle pulling space in toward the center, or is it a flat disk with a point of high density pulling it down in the middle like a funnel? Uh, it, I believe it depends. And this is where Neil deGrasse Tyson would be more into this. This is I, a Neil question. I'm not yeah. an astrophysicist, but... Well, 
Uh, I could answer it incorrectly, though. Go ahead. Yeah, no. good, good. No, so, no, no, no. It's, it's an or. It, Take a shot. Well, 50, just 50. whenever you have Take any asymmetry, this gravity's pulling all this stuff together mm-hmm. from uh, extraordinary places in space. They're not going to come in perfectly evenly. Mm-hmm. So in general, they will start spinning, uh, like the ice skater when he pu- she pulls her arms in. Yeah. And so you'll often get a disc that is uh, measurable, perceivable, detectable. All so right. uh, the answer, I believe, is it depends, and Neil can get on here and and light me up. Yeah. See, that's a pun. I, See, because it's a black it. hole. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant. Well, you guys, thank you all for listening to Cosmic Queries here on Star Talk Radio. I have been joined by Mass, Mike Massimino, astronaut who flew in space, and of course Eugene Merman. Tune us, turn us up loud on Star Talk Radio. Podcast it. Blast it. <laughs>